0: Joining us on the line now is Randy Whitehouse from The Sun Journal. You can follow him on Twitter, Raw Material 33 Of course, uh, all the high school basketball action that you could think of will be going on starting tonight. Edward Little at Oxford Hills will be on 96.9 AM, 1450 The Ox, and video stream at mbr.org. Good morning, Randy.
1: Randy Whitehouse will be there as well. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, there we go.
0: Oh, lucky night, lucky night. You get to, uh, get to see uh, Aaron Morris and Tasker Winslow on the call for that one. So. Excellent,
1: excellent. Looking forward to it.
0: Yes. So, uh, what are you? uh, What what did did you? Did you watch a lot of that Jacksonville, Tennessee game last night, or did you? Did you lean more towards the Celtics?
1: I I leaned. uh, I fell over watching the Celtics. I was. I was not interested at all in in Jacksonville, Tennessee. I I pretty much mark it on my calendar. You know, there's usually a a Thursday night in early December when Jacksonville and Tennessee are, are matching up and. And that's the one day I don't worry about whether I, you know, have time to watch a football game, quite frankly. Although I guess I missed a historic run, which looked like historically bad tackling on the uh, highlights that I saw.
2: I think you're right. <laughs> well, that, you know, that, Derek that Henry's a beast. As, that
1: wasn't as impressive as Dorset's run, I'm sorry. It wasn't as impressive as that 99-yard run. It, you know, I mean, it's nice, you know, he knocked a few guys over, but... But they went over a little too easily, in my opinion. It is terrible, terrible tackling, and we can see easily why the the Jaguars have become the Jaguars again after winning their Super Bowl against the Patriots.
0: Talk it. Well, yeah, I mean, after they won that Super Bowl against the Patriots. And then last week, I mean, you know, that defensive effort against Indianapolis. Like, I honestly think Frank Reich shouldn't have even been allowed to get on the plane to go home. You know what I mean? Like, they should have been like, no, no, you're not, no. You're gonna stay right uh, here. You're gonna think you about haven't what earned, you've
2: done. You've earned this
1: spot.
0: Yeah, I come on, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty brutal. You can't imagine, can man. At least you know a couple field goals in that game. I, I was, I Andrew Luck on my fantasy team, and he actually had a pretty good, pretty decent day, you know, in terms of uh, fantasy. But uh, you know, he was racking up the yardage, just couldn't get him in the end zone. They had, I guess, several opportunities to to score and they just they never did it. So uh, yeah, Frank Reich's uh, another another genius to, to match wits with, uh, with Belichick with in the coaching ranks. They just keep filing in and, and showing how how bad they are every every single year it appears.
0: Talking with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Uh, previews are out today, so make sure you get a copy of your your Sun Journal. I saw the I saw all the all the previews and the preview tabs out there. Uh, we'll we'll kind of start around the region. Who are some teams you think uh, around here that are still going to be playing in Augusta, Portland, and uh, maybe sporadically Bangor uh, in the upcoming season that might be of interest to those in, in, here in our in our local area?
1: Well, we we can start with the two teams that I'm going to see. In yes. I think Oxford Hills and, and Ed Willow are going to be in the thick of things in Double A North. Uh, I think it might take the. That a little wild to uh, to gel and, and to uh, kind of figure out everybody's role it took them some time last year. Uh, you know they were far from playing their best basketball uh, at the start last year, and and then you know as we all know it all it all came together at tournament time. And they played extremely well. Of course, they lost uh, three starters and and uh, you know a lot of scoring. So they'll they'll have have to take some time to. To figure that out, I mean, having a wall of my one as a kind of a fallback or the the foundation to build build upon is is a pretty good start uh, and I, I think Oxford Hills is gone to be extremely tough this year. Uh, you know they had some losses too. I think losing a trade with is big. I think losing Christine Pierre is big, uh, but you know they still have the guy who was kind of the focal point of their offense last year, Colton Carson coming back. He's the guy their offense went through. And that will be the case again this year. Um, you know, talking with Scott Graff, they're going to need some of their guards to step up, do some more scoring, Spencer Strong, get record. Those guys are going to have to contribute more offensively. Uh, Yannick Lutz, uh, who's one of the best defensive players in the conference. But they're going to be looking for a little more scoring from him this year. But I think they're going to be right there uh, at the end. That's going to be a really, really tough, tough conference, uh, tough region to win. Um, you know, Portland's still always, you know, one of the teams to beat. Uh, I think Daring should be better with Ben Onik. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about Cheveris, but Bangor, of course, you know, with uh, Mr. Fleming and, and Damian Vance, uh, they're, they're probably on paper the team to beat. Uh, so that's that's going to be a fun one to watch. I think in Class B, an intriguing team to me is, is Mount Valley. Uh, that team up in Rumford's been kind of – Teasing us with talent the last couple of years, and it's it's time for them to put it together. They've got a large senior class, very talented senior class. That's uh, you know done okay the last couple of years, but but I think maybe underachieved a little bit. I think this year with, with their new coach Scott New uh, is is really a, a big year, obviously for them. They're gonna have they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna you know. They're going to have to, first of all, play very well in the NBC before they even consider uh, going on to do well in the Class B tournament. Another team, uh, you know, I preview, I uh, profiled their best player today, Great New Gloucester, uh, John Martin, one of the best guards in the state, uh, but they've got a lot of other senior talent around him. They've got good balance, good size, and, uh, you know, of course, they're in the Western Maine Conference, which is where the teams to beat in class B usually emerge from and uh so you know they'll be battle tested heading into the tournament. They've gone one step further each of the last two years in the tournament. Uh this year of course they're hoping to go all the way. They'll have to take a couple more steps. Uh Ryan Desheen, their coach I think is has them prepared pretty well for, for what lays in front of them this year. Uh so, you know, they're they're gonna be an intriguing team to watch. And of course Class C, um, you know, it's always a fun, fun uh, class to cover. C uh, South is a fun region to cover. Uh, you know, this year, I mean, you're looking at Halldale, the defending champion. They have two of the best players in the conference. Uh, and Winthrop, you have to certainly consider they have just about everybody back. That's another team with, with a lot of seniors and, and seem to have a pretty good balance inside and outside with Cam Wood. Maybe the best big man in class C at six foot eight. Uh, you know, Jerry McLaughlin, Nate LeBlanc, Bo Brooks, and some, some outstanding shooters around him. They'll be a team to watch. Uh so, you know, a lot of uh gonna be a lot of uh, interesting regions to watch, a lot of interesting conferences to watch. Uh I, you know, I think it's gonna be another great season.
0: I do too. Rebuilding year for Durango this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know, I I, I think you know they, they'll still be a team that will be much better at the end of the season than they are at the start of the season. A team that you know, should they make it to Augusta, a team that you know, a lot of teams won't want to face. know, they still have some pretty good talent there. I mean, Alex Gorms a, an outstanding player. Uh, Jeremy Saint Germain's an excellent player. You know, of course, his brother, older brother Cody, is is taking over the the program. His first. Uh, head coaching, a uh, varsity job. He's been with the team the last few years, though, and he he knows the players obviously very well. Uh, not making a lot of changes to Travis Magnuson's system, but I'm sure we'll implement some things that uh, that he likes uh, to use. And uh, you know, that, there'll be a little bit of an adjustment time there for them. But uh, you know, it's it's scary. It's still an opponent. You know, you got to respect. And uh, you know, I'm sure Mountain Valley's going to be uh, going into that first game of the season very wary. Of uh, of Deerigo. they're not. They're, they're certainly not going to look at them as a rebuilding team. No question.
0: Talking of Randy Whitehouse from Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. dot com. What uh, what sort of path does Travis Magnuson have ahead of him up at Mount Blue?
1: Boy, you know, that's a good question. It's it's been since Jim Bessy left. What it's been six years now, seven years since he left. Uh, it's just been one one failed uh, rebuilding. Uh, project after another. I think they've. I think Travis is their fifth coach since he left. I think so. Um, I, yeah, and you know, so that tells you right there just just how tumultuous things have have been up there. Uh, you know, Travis is the guy take taken on. There's no question about that. I mean, he built Livermore Falls into a very tough uh, program uh, before leaving there, and before they, of course, merged with, with Spruce Mountain. Uh, you know, he turned Derrigo around. Uh, when he, when he went there or put or them over the top they they'd already turned things around with with uh, mr knight in there and and uh you know just hadn't quite been able to to get over the hump up there but uh, obviously had, had a great deal of success there so you know he's he's the guy for the job i mean he's one of the best young coaches uh in the state and i think you know he certainly relishes the opportunity to take a program that was, you know, really in the old Class A, in the old Class A East, or Class A North, or whatever you want to call it, uh, was one of those programs that year in and year out was always very competitive and and usually was able to make it as far as as the uh, regional semifinals in the tournament. Uh, Of course, they haven't had nearly that success in in the last few years, Uh, I think, you know, before all said and done, uh, Travis Magnuson will have them back on that path uh, up there on Mount Blue.
0: Be nice to get them back. I was talking with somebody about that yesterday, and you know, uh, it would have been nice to you know. I've seen that. I, I feel like if that program had been in some level of success, we could have gotten to see a little bit more Zach Middlestep before he went to gold. You know what I mean? Like those are, I think those are things that we miss out on because everybody sometimes if you're banking on just one player you know if your program if the rest of your program's not really up to snuff and they have the means they might not stick around they might do what's in their own best interest so you know yeah. to to get some support and cast around you know is is pretty helpful you know we got you know i got lucky in 2012 i got to watch andrew fleming play for all four years you know matthew fleming went up to bangor uh, for the last two but you know you get lucky with those and you get lucky that he played in, in the public school uh uh for for four years you know so yeah.
1: I, I think one of the things, you know, when you have so much turnover uh, in, in the coaches uh, in a program, one of the things that really suffers is the year-round commitment that the, the kids are, are willing to put in. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's, that's been there uh, for Mount Blue the last few years. And one thing that, that Travis is going to require from his players is, is that they are committed to, uh, to improving his basketball players year-round, committed to the weight room committed to the off-season program, committed to summer basketball. Uh, you know, Travis will certainly hold his players accountable in that regard. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, you'll see one of the biggest changes. And, and uh, you know, will probably help maybe not turn things around immediately, but but uh, get them going in the right direction immediately.
0: Tiger Rainey Whitehouse from Sun Journal, sunjournal.com.
2: You know, we see that leaving the high school program to go to prep school or Whatever, a lot in hockey, you know you the kids have been playing all the way along, and suddenly you look at the the lack of much going on at the high school team, and suddenly you know boom, they're going to prep school somewhere uh,
1: yeah. so yeah, and you know i I think you know the the elite players the the bear players they can sense when they're when they're not being challenged, when they're not being pushed uh, you know to to reach their full potential. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, Dave, it's it's, it's that way in, in hockey, uh, you know, more apparent in hockey. But we see it in, in basketball a little bit, too. Uh, you know, I think players have a pretty good idea of, of when they're they're getting the most out and, and coaches are, are getting the most out of them. Not only coaches, but their teammates and, and their competition are getting the most out of them. Uh, and if they can't uh you know parents will certainly have their own ideas sometimes too, but I think a lot of times those decisions are uh made by the player when you know they come home from a game one night come home from from practice one night and just say you know it's it's just not it's just not happening here i'm not i'm not reaching my my full potential, and you know I feel like there's there's something better out there for me you don 't see it quite as much in basketball as you do in hockey, but uh I think kids are pretty smart in, in that regard, uh, in terms of when they're being uh, pushed to, to reach uh, reach their full potential.
0: I'm really surprised you were able to join us today. I mean, today is Larry Bird's birthday.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Larry Bird's birthday. It's uh, Pearl Harbor Day, of course. Yes. Um, and also, you know, I've managed to survive to, you know major accidents involving deer in the last week i was thank you so much I'm for bringing that wise. up yeah.
0: thank you so much for bringing that up because i wanted to ask you about that can you <laughs> can you hold on let me i know you uh, you've been into a few reporter scrums so i'm gonna i'm gonna get all reporter here real quick can you walk us through what happened in those situations randy can you bring us back That's the funny thing is they both happened in sabbatas they happened within like three
1: miles of each other one was on the turnpike and one was on Sawyer Road, well Green Street, as it's known in It's not Sawyer Road. But um, I
0: used to live off Sawyer yeah. Road.
1: What's that? I used to
0: live off Sawyer Road.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and there's quite a few deer around there. Yes, <laughs> probably well yep. know. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, my wife and I had stopped at where my the initial car was the the. The garage where that was, Bruleys Auto Clinic. I want to give them a free plug. They've been so yep. great. Bruleys used to
0: take care of my car all the time. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Good I live right down the road.
1: Rick's the best. Rick's the absolute yep. best. Um, and we were getting my stuff, all my stuff, all my possessions out of that car because they were going to tow it in a couple of days. And we took off and, and drove about a mile down <laughs> the road. And there was another deer standing in the road. Also, I, I almost hit a third. There was another deer on my way back from Gray to talk to John Martin and Ryan DeShane for the story that's in today's paper, driving up 202, you know, that area that's kind of wooded near the uh, New Gloucester uh, Fire Department there, that there was a deer standing right in the middle of the road during, during rush hour traffic, and luckily I avoided it. So, so I would have been, I would have hit uh, three deer and it would have been, yeah, a week, and two of them would have been with, uh, with loners. I'm driving a loner now, <laughs> the second year, I hit with a loner. I'm surprised they gave me a second Yeah, really? <laughs> <The> second <loaner. laughs> Enterprise, give them a plug too. They've been great too. Uh, but, Forget it, White yeah. House.
2: We're not giving you another. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, the crazy thing is uh, that when I hit the first one, the, the, state, the state police officer who responded to the call. Uh, told us that the stretch between uh, the Auburn exit and the Lewiston exit is where they have the most deer car collisions in the state.
2: know, high uh, impact area, huh? That's what they call yeah, it. it.
1: Is. it is. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled on wow. the road if you're driving between uh, uh, Auburn and Lewiston on the turnpike, especially this time of year because uh, obviously the deer are out running right now and it's uh it's a crazy time they'll they'll do anything to uh to you know answer nature's call you know in their own way it
2: it's just fate that we don't all aren't all involved i mean i've had a couple of my you know two, and you're oh, just yeah. fortunate if you if you just you know just barely t- you know tip one or whatever versus they jump out of the woods through your windshield you know and now you're yeah. hurt you know so yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah we're been, all all right there
1: yeah, I, I felt very fortunate. My wife was riding with me the second time, and I'm very thankful that that she wasn't hurt and and nobody else was hurt. Uh, you know, I'm sorry for the deer, um, but you know, that's uh, I guess the risk of being a deer. Uh, you know, and, and the risk of driving in Maine. Uh, so you know, all things considered, uh, it, it could be a lot worse. So I feel I feel very fortunate to to just be talking to you guys today and. and uh, having a vehicle to to drive to to
2: South Paris tonight to watch some basketball. We were, uh, one night my wife and I pulled off the exit in uh, by Fairfield, and there was a police car there, and a car pulled over, so we slowed down, and all of a sudden, just as I rolled the window down, the state police officer takes his pistol out and fires off a couple of shots, and I'm thinking, holy (laughs) smokes, what is going on? They, They hit a deer. And uh he wanted to put it down because it was really suffering, so yeah. but I'll tell yeah, you what that might that really get your attention. They start firing off a couple rounds while you're just sitting there
1: yeah uh yeah, um you know fortunately, I guess uh you know the deer that I hit were were killed instantly, so they they were right on the side of the road uh so uh, you know, no, no suffering there. Uh, you know, when we were when uh, we were riding, we got right home from uh, my brother and sister in law uh, from the second one on one twenty six, and uh, the intersection there in Litchfield with the uh, Dollar General store or whatever. There was somebody pulled over there with a police officer, and they had hit a deer. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's just it's crazy, right? They're like the squirrels were this summer. I think. <laughs> well, I think
0: it's, it's the same reason. Yeah what the mm-hmm. what the hell? What's with the hunt? And I saw nothing but hunters on my timeline. and I can't find any deer. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to pick up the doe permits, gang. Like yeah. that, I think that's what I've I want to say. Like
1: yeah, yeah. The, the hunters in Sabattus did a very, very poor job.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't, if you live in Sabattus and you did not come home from come home from hunting with a deer this year. There was something wrong.
2: Yeah, you could just sit in your front yard, wait,
1: you know? <laughs> Exactly.
0: Oh, boy. Just
1: waiting for him crossing the road.
0: Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal and sunjournal.com. You, uh, um, it, I, I feel very confident that the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl, Randy.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they have to stay healthy yeah uh, no, you know, I, I i they don't have the depth that they've had in the past and especially on the offensive side if if they lose Gronk or Gordon uh you know a couple of their running backs you know James White they lose James White i uh, yeah i i don't think they're going back to the super bowl if they lose him but but i i overall i agree with you i feel as confident right now as i ever have and it's mostly because of the defense it's not that it's a great defense it's not that it's a shutdown defense or you know a defense that's on the level of uh you know uh a jacksonville when they're playing well or or a tennessee or someone like that but but they are uh you know at least making teams earn their points and you know producing they're starting to produce some turnovers that was one of the concerns I had last year about the defense was not only did they stink, they weren't turning turning the other team over that much. They're starting to do that this year, uh, and that can make a huge huge difference for their offense. Um, so yeah, I, you know it, it's it's as much about the other teams as it is about the Patriots. But yeah, I I, I can't completely blow up that statement, Hattie. I, I feel pretty confident about them them going to the Super Bowl too. as they get that first round by. I don't even think that they need the number one seed. I don't think that they need home field advantage. Uh, I can certainly see Patrick Mahomes crapping his pants in the playoffs. Uh, He's done it in the big games that he's played so far this year. And I can certainly see it happening in, in the playoffs. And if he doesn't do it, Andy Reid will. So, you know, I don't care if they have home field advantage all the way through. I think the Patriots could beat them at Arrowhead and you know, even if, it, it, you know, they may not even have to face them at Arrowhead. Somebody may knock them out, you know, Pittsburgh or someone like that may knock them out in the in the divisional round. So, yeah, you know, same old story. You know, you, you, you might not feel quite as good about the, the Patriots themselves, but, you know, there's just no one that's going to step forward and and take that mantle from them. You know, there's not someone in the big game that's going to, that's not going to you know, crap themselves or, or just leave a, an opening for the Patriots to take, which they will do. They still have the talent to do. They still have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to recognize those, those openings in the big games and take them. So, yeah, I, I think they're in pretty good shape. Now watch, you know, they go down to Miami and get blown out this weekend. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. Oh
0: boy, We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. We'll see how it all goes. I'm just... I'm not even myself today because I just I keep waiting on the Yankees to do something and they're doing nothing. Basically, all that happens with the Yankees now is they're like they're in on every pitcher, but oh, yeah. they just, they don't want to give them that extra year, right? And I and I want to be like, you know what? I'm totally cool with that because you know you want to be financially prudent and you want to do these things. But then I remember one, it's baseball, so it doesn't matter, and two, um, you're kind of going to waste this small window that you've you know set up for yourself here to win. And, you know, it, maybe maybe that one year window that the Red Sox had to win last year isn't a one year window. Maybe it's a two year or a three year because, you know, it, it holds together this year. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't like what I'm seeing uh, over there so far. I'm not a big fan.
1: I, I, I got this feeling that they're, like, working on a, a blockbuster deal under the radar, you know, involving some of their prospects and, you know, maybe one of their young studs at the major league level. I. I just I don't see them going into the season with, with this as their as their pitching staff. I I I think Cashman's looking to to spring a surprise as far as some pitching here. You know, I hope for your sake it's some pitching 'cause you know, I'm I i, I do not think that they really need any more help offensively except maybe a table setter, you know, and maybe go out and get a David Murphy or somebody like that. I think that'd be a pretty good move for them. But uh, you know, I think they have to focus on pitching. They haven't you know, as you said, they, it seems like they've been in on, on every pitcher that's been signed so far, uh, but they haven't quite, you know, made that final push to uh, to sign them. So I, I just, I don't know, I just get the feeling that like Cashman's working on something behind the scenes, a, b- a big trade to to bring in a, a stud pitcher, maybe a, a, a Granky or somebody like that, uh, to to lead the staff next year. I just can't see Cashman going into next season with, this is his starting rotation.
0: I really, a lot of people don't like Trevor Bauer, but I really would love to see Trevor Bauer be a Yankee because he would be the most engaging Yankee ever on social media. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Like, ever in the world, Randy, and I don't know how well that would go, but it would be super entertaining.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, drone crashes in Yankee Stadium always are entertaining. I would enjoy that, absolutely. You know, maybe he's in the bullpen, you know, between starts and flying one around the bullpen, and it, you know, cracks into Araldus Chapman's skull or something like that. You know, he loses control of it, and and you know, it's, it it flies square into into Del and Betances' groin. I mean, I, you know, that would be highly entertaining. I think.
0: my house <laughs> for the Sun Journal, SunJournal dot com. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There's there's talk. There's been rumblings that you know this. Because the longer the sunny gray thing kind of lingers, because there's been a lot of people looking for him because he had a 3.14 ERA when he didn't pitch in Yankee Stadium last year. And I bet that goes even lower if you take out Fenway Park. Um, You know, you get him out to the NL West, you get him out to wherever, you know, you, you might have something. Talk maybe you could spin him to Cleveland in part of a deal for somebody. There's also talk that Cleveland wants somebody to take the Jason Kipnis contract, the Edwin Encarnacion contract, you know, if I'm the Yankees, you know, maybe make a deal and, and get Encarnacion uh, to get to play first. You know, slide send Luke Void over to Cleveland, you know, because Encarnacion's going to be a free agent after this year. It doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, that would be something. I've, I've heard that they're—I feel like there's a lot of stuff that they've got going on, but I'm just kind of tired of waiting on it. You know what I mean? Like, make some moves already so I can figure this out. <laughs> I remember last year, too, that Rosenthal had some very cryptic things about how You know, well, what if it wouldn't be totally Yankees if they kept Stanton for a year and then traded him? You know, like maybe when Harper and Machado sign somewhere, maybe that's when Stanton hits the market again quietly and goes to one of the three teams that he would have waived his no trade clause for. In this case, my guess would be the Dodgers because the Dodgers miss out on a Bryce Harper, or uh, they're not going to. I don't think they liked the Manny Machado era, so they're not going to go back to it. So. You know, maybe they decide to go for Stanton. And then, you know, if the Yankees have signed a Harper or a Machado at that point, which to me is going down less and less by the day, I just, I feel like if the Yankees come back and just run this team back the way they did it, I think you're, you're, you're going to alienize a fan base that's like, wait a minute, we're the, we're the top financial team in baseball and you're not doing anything. Like, I think that's really what it would come down to.
1: Indeed. Yankees really do need to do something, because you're you're way overthinking this, and I'm kind of worried. I I can't. I'm so lost. I'm so,
0: like, I need, I need. When the meetings are coming up, maybe. Maybe I'm hoping at the end of next week, I will know what I need to be thinking about, right? Like, you know, do I, like, that's what I want to know. He's
2: got reams of paper with trade possibilities on it, Randy. Oh, I've got a bunch of ideas.
0: It's I scary. mean, I I could trade, you know, I could... Jacoby Ellsbury's two-year $47 million could actually provide salary relief for some franchise out there. It's just a matter of finding which one it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God, I love that you still have to pay him. Oh, my God, that is so... Isn't funny. it? I, that, yeah, isn't it? That, that, oh, it's the best. I, that just that makes my, my Christmas season right there. Just <laughs> knowing that the, the Yankees are still paying for Jacoby Ellsbury. And you know what gets
0: me on that, though? You know what really gets me on that? I think it's that deal that makes them so absolutely unwilling to do anything out of the box free agent-wise, whether it was with Corbin. And again, I think I personally, and I kind of thought this the whole time, everybody talked about how Patrick Corbin was great. I continued to think like A.J. Burnett, Carl Pavano, Javier Vasquez, I think all these guys that were supposed to be so amazing when they came to the Yankees, and Sonny Gray, Ed Whitson. Uvalde. Uvalde.
1: He's your he's your Dallas Thomas, man. Yeah, he's you know, a you know, no,
0: seriously, he's Belichick
1: a da- goes out and signs, you know, about Dallas Thomas and everybody's like, Oh man, they're really they're really making big moves now and then, you know, he's a bust and, and then you know, Belichick doesn't go into the free agency waters for another decade almost after that.
0: So Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's... Maybe,
1: right? You may be right, but hey, you know, Maddie. if David Price can turn around and become a post-season hero hey. for the Red Sox, there's, there's still hope for Sonny Grant. You
2: never know. <laughs>
1: you never
0: know. <laughs> oh, boy. Randy Whitehouse, Sun Journaling, follow him on Twitter, Raw material 33 Thank you very The deer hunter himself, uh, oh, yes, Randy Whitehouse. Player, be mean, be right. safe getting to Oxford Hills, okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I... I would just as soon stay within the city limits this weekend, but, you know, I, I do what i got to do for the readers. I'll I'll, uh, I'll trace through uh, Route 26 and uh, try try dodging some does on Route 26 this weekend.
0: There we go. Radio Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Okay. You guys have a good weekend. Thanks, Peace. you too. That's Radio Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. We'll take a break. We'll have more around the bend. Speedless Daily Spectrum, Elphicott Partner Studios, across the NBR Radio Network. Justin Pelletier from the Boston Herald next.